and welcome to another edition of the Copcast podcast. Liverpool are world champions. Went off to Qatar, beat some Mexican lads, beat some Brazilian lads, and came home champions of the world. And to discuss being champions of the world, champions of Europe, 10 points to at the top of the Premier League, and everything else that's right, uh, I've got Dave Caron at Brazil. Dave, how are you doing? Have you survived being right. in? Have you survived being the minority over the last significant minority over the last forty-eight hours? Yes, they, they, they you'll never walk alone. They said, but this weekend I kind of did. Uh, <laughs> I haven't heard a firework. You do tend to ostracise people, but I think in this case <laughs> it wasn't probably your fault. No, it wasn't my fault. I had a fireworks display outside my gate at three o'clock on Saturday morning, so they got their just rewards. Um, and I haven't heard a fucking peep since the final whistle. And I mean not a peep in this street. It's, it's fucking bliss. Well, I, I'm delighted. I'm almost as delighted for you as I am for myself right now. Um, and also I've got with me Neil Patterson and Berlin. Chief, how are you? Grand, grand. Feeling good. Yeah, looking forward to getting into this. But yeah. Um, nice to be world champions and uh, Christmas just around the corner, so a few days off, which is always uh, always nice. So yeah, up the red. Happy days, yes indeed. And finally, uh, in Belfast, with Johnny Henderson. Johnny, how are you, mate? I'm all right, mate. You're nearly right. I'm in Bonkrana tonight. Oh yeah, across the border. Oh uh, my goodness. Oh, Bonkrana Mexico. Goodness. Stroke, <laughs> Bonkrana stroke Mexico. Down, down. You know. Yes, the... get the sombreros and the pinatas out. Merry <laughs> Christmas. Milas Nevanas. <laughs> Full of the festive joys. Um, yes, I'm very well. Thank you. Not Good. a bad weekend. No, not at all. Not at all. So, Johnny, we're champions of the world. I I don't know. How much how much of a shit did you give about this before it happened? And how do you feel now? <laughs> I actually, I think we talked about this, didn't we, Dave? And I did give a shit about it because I just thought we've never won this, and it's, and it's another way, it's another trophy. And I think when it's something that you've never won before, you you really, really want it. And yeah, I know there was all that nonsense when there with a with a league cup, and it ended up they hadn't thought it through. There was no flexibility coming from. Uh, the F. Yeah, seven reason. months. Seven months apparently wasn't enough notice for them to organise yeah. some sort of solution. Yeah, seven months they couldn't work out an alternative date, so we ended up playing the the kids kids team. <laughs> um, so no, I really wanted to win it, and I think it is prestigious. And I think you know, it's it's obviously, I think in the build up, you find that, and obviously Dave's very close to that, Dave Karen and down in Brazil, you know, it's a massive thing there. It's there, you know, they look at it the way probably European teams should look at it, which is this is the next stage beyond the Champions League. This is the ultimate. Um, so they were, you know, they had no lack of motivation for it, but I really wanted to win it, really wanted to win it, partly because as well, you're going to the other side of the bloody world um, and you're, you know, you're disrupting your December massively. So, yeah, I was absolutely delighted, and I I just can't get enough of the 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 Jordan Henderson sort of trademark little little jig trophy lift, and it was more practice for him, and hopefully we'll be practicing it again in in May for the big 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 one. Um, but no, really good, Dave. Really enjoyed it, and 
didn't think we were particularly brilliant in either game really. Thought we were thought we were all right against Monterey. Made hard work of it. But no question we deserved to win both games and we were far and away the better side at the weekend. Just a bit wasteful at times, but no. World champions for the first time. Can't say better than that, can you? Yeah. No, you certainly cannot. You certainly cannot. And Chase, you know, it's it's we started really brightly. Um we created two really, really guilt edge chances earlier on in the game. Uh, particularly for Minos, then Kaida should really do better with a chance shortly after that. And I got the feeling if we had scored one of those two chances, it, it could have been a right because, you know, we looked really on at the first 15 minutes. They then seemed to get a bit of a foothold, make it a bit more difficult for us. They looked a bit tricky on the break, let's say, because I don't think at any time they were particularly dangerous. But you know, we saw it out with some some decent performances and and came through an extra time. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think you're pretty pretty spot on with the, that assessment. Like particularly that the, if we'd have scored one of the early chances, it could have could have got messy for them. I think Bobby, you know, he should score. There's there's, there's absolutely no doubt about that. That should go in no matter what. Keepers going going the other way, practically an empty net. He's just got to guide it in. But, you know, it is the first minute of the World Club. Well, maybe not the first minute, but very, very early on in the in um, in the in the World Club. Chap- club. I think it was. I think it was one minute something or other. So, say there the second go. minute, but close enough, mate. I'll give you it. Yeah, cheers. Sneaking in there. I am, yeah, that's uh, a Christmas present. <laughs> lovely, lovely. But, yeah, very early. So, I mean, you can maybe forgive him that. But... Yeah, really a, a, a massive chance. And Nabi Kaida should also do a little bit better, as you mentioned. And we're um, we're pretty dominant. But you're right, they they I think there's something in them that, that recognizes that as well, you know, uh, Flamengo. I mean, that they could be behind here and they're not. And after about 15 minutes, they begin to they begin to get a grip of the game. And um, you know, there's probably a little bit in us as well, you know thinking we should be ahead by that point. And, you know, we're quite experienced at this point. We've played in a lot of finals recently. And um, we, we have a particular way that we play finals. And it, it looked very much after that first 10 minutes as if we, we kind of bedded in, you know, for the long haul. Uh, you know, it's a final. We don't have to. We haven't scored in our opening flurry. Uh, a bit disappointing. But, you know, we've got 75 minutes to go. And we're, we're well, certainly plus extra time potentially we're certainly capable of winning this game. We back ourselves to do it. And I think Flamengo put a lot, in fact, pretty much everything into, into that next half an hour. And, you know, they, uh, they, they trouble us without, without making us really panic at any point, but it's concerning. And as you're watching the game, you know, you're concerned because all the talk is all has always been, Liverpool are, are much better than, than all these sides. They should go there and, and it should be a walk in the park. Now, we, we knew from playing Monterey that it wasn't going to be a walk in the park. Um, this Flamengo side was was well, well drilled, uh, well organised and well up for the for the fight. Uh, and, and a fight is what they made it. And I think we rose to that as well. Um, I think there's a lot of contending with, with some filth from their side. Particularly that, 
Who was the guy wearing the um, wearing the, the Rafinha? Rafinha, Rafinha yeah. playing scrum half. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Rafinha playing number ten there. Right? <laughs> Hooker. He's uh He was. He he was. Yeah. He was at it the whole game basically, and there were others there as well. So you're battling him. You're battling the referee. You're battling them. And second half again, we create chances again. I think first fifteen minutes of second half were great. Uh, and we've got that Firmino chance again where he hit the post. Really unlucky there. You think for all the world that's going to go in. Um, uh, he's already wheeling away, I think. Um, and it just comes back out. And, you know, then we get that kind of crazy penalty in the last minute of uh, normal time. And, um, yeah, you think, well, this is it. It's 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 going to be a penalty, and we're going to. I thought it was one. a drop ball, Neil. Myself. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> and after ten it's, minutes, let's be honest, it could have been anything but a drop ball. Yeah, it it, it, should, it it's 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 a penalty. It's a penalty, plain and simple. There was a little bit of discussion over whether it was inside the box, outside the box. As we said earlier, if any part of Sadio Mane's foot is touching the white line. It's a penalty, and it's very much was touching the white line. Um, so VAR shouldn't really have gotten involved in it. They did, then they wanted to question was it inside or outside? So he goes over to the monitor and and then shits his pants and comes back and gives a drop ball. But maybe uh, he, when he went to the monitor, like I was like, fucking finally, you know, somebody's using VAR, yeah. VAR probably, and then he manages to fucking royally destroy it. And he, so he I don't went, want to get into VAR too much, but this just comes back to the point again that. VAR is only as good as the individual who's using it. And what we found was a very inept refereeing performance being exacerbated by his even greater ineptitude at the use of replays to make his decision clearer. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. But having said that, and and just one second on the VAR, for me, who who was a, a great advocate of it and very, very much behind it. Unless we can somehow get a better standard of referee, I, I think just VAR is just adding layers of bullshit to an already, already very bad situation, but it's not making things any better. But anyway, we got away from the, from the VAR decision and to keep our heads then and keep it together uh, and still go on and, and find a winning goal is, is testament to this team. But you didn't think, you didn't feel at any point that we weren't going to win. I mean, again, as a fan, okay, it was frustrating. Okay, it was getting nail biting it. You know, at one point I thought it might go to penalties. But even on penalties, I would have backed us to win. You know what I mean? So I didn't at any point feel that we weren't going to. I was very glad that we we did, that we got the goal. There was perhaps a little bit of worry that the the, the, the referee might do something ridiculous and and, you know, give them a goal somehow. But that didn't happen, and yeah, they, they kept their heads, they kept going, they found the winner, and now they're world champions. Yeah, 100%. And Dave, there was a few players there for me certainly really stood out, and one of them, I, I for me, the biggest takeaway from that, and don't get me wrong, I was as desperate to win that trophy as anybody. I wanted the set, as I said, these earlier on. I wanted all three of them. Um, and now we're there sitting there holding all three of them and hopefully more to come this season and beyond. But probably the biggest takeaway for me was Joe Gomez's performance. I thought he was absolutely superb. Looked like looked like a different player than the rusty kind of 
almost insecure Joe Gomez we've seen in the last few weeks coming back. He was stepping out of defence. His distribution was outstanding. There was a tackle on, is it Bruno Enrique? Um, in the in the first half, where he he, he gets in um, down the inside of Alexander Arnold, and Gomez gets back and and, and makes an incredible tackle um, to, to deflect the shot behind for a corner. But he is starting to look back to his best, Dave. And it almost looks like we're we're coming from you know a centre half crisis, almost you know a matter of maybe a week, ten days ago to potentially having our our best starting centre-half pairing playing at the peak of their powers right now. Klopp likes to tease us, doesn't he? You know, he puts Lovren in front of Joe Gomez, and, and then, you know, when Lovren gets cracked, we actually end up with a better defence. <laughs> like, oh, only Liverpool. But, you know, Dave, you're spot on with Gomez. But I think maybe now, you know, given the fact that we're down to the, to, to the last two, basically, in defence, that he knows he's got his game time. He's not playing, you know, he's not going to have to impress the same way. You know, he's not going to have to impress the same way as he would if he, if, you know, he's he's looking over at Lovren over his shoulder, if you know what I mean. At this moment in time... You think there's less pressure on him? Is that I, what you're saying? I, yeah, absolutely. I don't think he feels the pressure that, may, you know, he's got that spot for the next few weeks. He's got time to make his mark and that's what he's done. You know, look, Dave, we did the pre-pod to this and, and I said to you, the only worry that I had about Flamengo was Bruno Enrique, because down here, he looks like fucking Michael Owen on steroids. Uh, he leaves people for dead. And it wasn't just Joe Gomez that was, was tracking back and, and eating, eating the ground between uh, him and Enrique. It, it, you know, Gomez and Trent were doing it. And, you, you know, it just shows you, you know, I, I've seen a lot of Flamengo over, over their, the, the, their last season, basically the last calendar year, uh, because they're the poster boys of, of Global and every Wednesday night they're on. So, you know, I've seen enough of them and Bruno Enrique bloody scared me. And I was really thinking, you know, like, this, this boy maybe could make it in Europe and whatnot. And I was so disappointed. I was so disappointed in him because he really was made to look, you know, he, he probably the pick of their, their players, but comparison to what I've been watching over the year, he was made to look sort of bog average. But um, there's no doubt about it. You know, look, we started last season with the pairing of Gomez and, and Van Dijk. And I don't think any one of us would have any complaints, regardless of how good Joel Matip has been, if you know he, he recovers and finds that, just like when, when, when Gomez got injured, he lost his place to Matip. Matip, if, if Joe Gomez continues on in that, in that vein of form that we saw in that game, Dave, Matip's going to find it very difficult to get back in again. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I agree with that one hundred percent. It was it was a game last year, I think, where he really, you know, stamped his mark on probably the Premier League was was away at Leicester. Um, the, the Leicester game last year, where, where Van Dijk wasn't great, but that almost that almost highlighted Joe Gomez's um, abilities and his form and his quality, where. Again, he was sweeping up in behind. He was using his pace. His distribution was excellent. He was stepping out and he was stepping out into the midfield, driving into midfield at times. And that was a similar performance we saw against against Leicester last season. And ironically, we have Leicester coming up as our next game, which we'll come on to talk about later on. So, you know, hopefully, that's a a, a little sign to the future. 
fingers crossed anyhow, because we all know that he has the quality. Johnny, and I'm going to open this up as well to everybody, but I'm going to ask you a difficult question because there's been a lot of shite talked on Twitter. Well, there's always a lot of shite talked on Twitter, but there's been... <laughs> I there's thought been, you were going to... <laughs> no, no, I know. I talked on Twitter. What, what, what is Twitter without you? Yeah, I know, but it's it's escalated um, over the last day or two with with the the, the never-ending fucking Jordan Henderson debate. And I thought, personally, Henderson, you know, he was thrown in at centre-half there against Monterey, and, you know, you had the feeling for him. But he's, he's, he's stepped into, he stepped into the, the, the number six position there the last few weeks, and we haven't really even missed Fabinho. We were... We, Everyone's heads fell off and we realised he was going to be out for a number of weeks and not a peep out of anybody since. And he had an absolutely excellent game with, you know, little protection in front of him given the midfield performance of certainly Oxlade-Chamberlain and I don't think personally Kyra was at his best. But yes, he had a good game and, you know, I'm interested to know your thoughts on his performance on, on, on Saturday, but... Wow. Jordan Henderson has lifted three trophies now, and people are pointing at, oh, he's lifted trophies. How how does this change his stature as a, a captain? I don't think it does. I think it's a silly argument to make. But where is he now? Where is his reputation as a Liverpool player? Jesus. That is a difficult question. Isn't um, it? I, 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 it is. Well, I think, first of all, we've always been a little bit critical of of Henderson, I think a lot of people have because it does feel at times throughout his Liverpool career when he could do more, when maybe uh, his quality wasn't always there. Or, but I think when, when I say his quality wasn't there, you know, playing in that six, it was times where that position sort of highlights his, his limitations and, you know, his strengths. It, it didn't really play to his strengths. Um, there's no doubt that, you know, if you look back on his Liverpool career, the standout season that he'd had was the season that we, you know, with Rodgers when we maybe should have won the league where he, where he played in a midfield three and he had a lot of licence to get forward and press and, you know, he was constantly breaking into the box and he had a super season. And then he had that transition in his career where he was, you know, and then and then when Klopp's got a hold of him, Klopp tended to use him deeper, and Klopp admitted himself he wasn't using him right. But I think what you've seen, you know, people have opinions about him, and I, I just hate these ridiculous comparisons. Like, you know, with with Steven Gerrard, Jordan Henderson would be the first to say himself, he's he's never going to be Steven Gerrard. Steven Gerrard was a once in a in a generation. And the Talk. local aspect uh, as well, John. You know what I mean? He, he'll always yeah. be held in, in, in higher, or, you know, to, 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 to people from the city anyhow. Um, you know, he'll always Abs- be held in higher regard. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, and he's not, listen, Stephen Jared was one of the, you know, Jared could do absolutely everything. Jared's one of the greatest all-round midfield players, you know, ever to come out of England. So he was never going to, you know, but what you've seen with Henderson is, and whether people like it or not, We've probably got the best manager in the world. You know, you could argue about Klopp, you could argue about Guardiola, but for me at the moment, the best manager in the world, Jurgen Klopp, and he clearly, absolutely loves him. He rates him really highly. His teammates all rate him 
they see him as a leader. They see him as someone that, you know, they respect as a captain. And I think when you've looked at the games recently, there's no doubt he stepped up. He stepped up with Fabinho. Now, I think there's been two aspects to that. One, probably if you look at the series of games that Fabinho was out for, it wasn't the worst run of games. You know, a lot of these games are against teams, you know, that we would expect to be the dominant side in. We would expect to beat. So, you know, that that has been a plus. And, and feel it, it, we, you know, we haven't felt his absence maybe as bad as we could have. But then the other aspect has been Henderson has clearly raised his game as well. I think he's added a range of passing to his game in recent weeks. You know, you think about that ball through to Mane that set up the, the winner. You think about the ball he played to Oxlade Chamberlain, you know, to get the breakthrough against um, Bournemouth in that game. He's just he's playing really, there's really the well. Two, there's the two against Everton. There's, there's the two in the derby for Manny once he comes off the yeah. bench as well. Absolutely, you know he's you know so, and I think where where does he stand? You know at the end, who, who knows where he'd finish up? But at the moment, he stands for me. Is we we haven't lived in an era in an era that's not this era that we're accustomed to. Uh, Different for for Dave Karen. He's that wee bit older than us, which I'm sure he wouldn't care about me reminding him of. But we haven't lived in an Happy era Christmas, where we... Mate. <laughs> <laughs> anytime, anytime. But you know, we haven't lived in an era where we've always seen Liverpool as dominant as this in 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 terms of league performances and and, and winning leagues. So who who knows? But you know, I, I hate comparing him to. You know, I think it's unfair on him to compare him to other captains as well. You know that, that we've had in the past, whether it's Hanson, Hansons, or Phil Thompsons, or Ellen Hughes, and guys like that, because you know they, they were just in an era where Liverpool were the dominant team. They were winning leagues, they were winning European cups. But you know, he he absolutely deserves he deserves respect, and he's playing playing really well well at the moment. And who knows? You know, if he wins, if, if Liverpool win the win the league in May, which is looking increasingly. Likely, I think his standings, you know, I think it'd stand up quite well to some of those others. We might not, we might think, for example, Van Dyke's a better captain. You know, we'd say we'd pick him first, but Klopp's picking him and his teammates seem to back him. So what do we know? You know, um, but he, but he's really, he is really important to us at the moment and he's really stepped up with Fabinho out. And I think that shows that he's, he's got that personality and he's got that character. You've got it to, Tip your hat to him. That's that's what my view is. You know, he's really he's really stepped up. Yeah, I think I'll, I'll agree with you hundred percent there. Um, I think certainly, I think I don't think there's much argument that his form wasn't quite there at the start of the season. Um, you know, he tips him with a big goal against Spurs, and you think that that might kick him on, but it, it only seems in recent weeks, Dave, that he seems to be getting back to whatever anybody may suggest his best is. And, and I suppose, again, that's another debate. But, you know, your opinion on on Henderson, he's had to fill a very, very big void there the last few weeks. And he may have to go on filling that void for potentially the next couple of months because you know what it's like with with reports on Liverpool injuries. And we can, we can look at Gomez and... Do you remember Maddox was out for four weeks about fucking three months ago and different bits and pieces like this? So um, how are you feeling about him? Because I know that you always haven't been his biggest fan, he says, tongue-in-cheek. No, I haven't. And I've been, I've been critical of him at times where I believe 
I've been justified in doing so, but I haven't been recently, Dave. I think that's that's the key here. Um, you know, we have moved from from two seasons ago when I would have maybe been giving them pelters more often. As you say, or as Johnny said, you know, we 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 have this culture of winning now, and, and we have this culture of winning as with him as the club captain. So, you know, it, I, I, I'm loath to say anything. You know, he put a shift in there for us at that centre back. Um, you know, I, I didn't think he did fantastic, but you know, he, he's the confidence to go and do that now, and uh, you know, absolutely no no criticism whatsoever of him. For doing that, he 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 wants to be that utility player as well when he has to be. He wants to play for the team, and it's all team, team, team. Everything we hear coming out of that camp at the minute, team, team, team. And look, he's a he's a he's a likable lad. Um, there's no two ways about it, you know. And, and you know, Johnny's talking there about comparisons and whatnot, and it is it, it's generational. And you know, we've, we've seen it with Messi and Ronaldo and all the rest of it. It's a generational thing. And it's not who's the best, in my opinion, Dave. It, it's you know, it's your choice. You know that it's not who's the best player. Who's the best player in your opinion? It, you know, who's the best captain in your opinion? It, it doesn't mean to say that the, the you know everybody's going to agree. And I think this is where you know you you, you opened with the, the line on Twitter. You know what I mean? And I think this is where tr- Twitter falls apart. There's no um, there's no ability to actually understand that people or respect that other people maybe have a different point of view and maybe have seen a little bit more. But like, if you're a teenager, early twenties, Jordan Henderson is going to be a fucking legend for you going forward. And you know, in thirty years' time, people are going to talk about Jordan Henderson in the same breath, maybe as I talk about Stephen Gerrard and, and Graham Souness. You, you know what I mean? So his legacy, I think, um, you know, the last couple of seasons is is secure. But you know, there'll always be that. You know, I, I used to say, you know, we could buy someone better. But you know, whenever we start talking about mentality and things like that. Maybe maybe I'm wrong in thinking that. You know what I mean? Maybe 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 I have been wrong. Maybe you can't buy the type the type of mentality that Jordan Henderson brings to the team. Yeah, that's a fair point. We do tend to boil as fans. We tend to boil football down to the very limited access we get to seeing football and seeing footballers, and and you know often we boil it down to highlights and match of the day, um, as to making it making and. An assumption on how important any one player is to any one side, and and Chief, it's been, you know, it's it's been a funny career for Henderson. Um, you know, he, he's bought for quite a lot of money um, from Sunderland by Dalglish. Um Ferguson, who at the time is the most respected manager in probably Europe, makes some less than complimentary comments about his gait for whatever reason he feels necessary to do so. And then, you know, it doesn't really last long with Kenny. He's bought as a right midfielder. Rogers uses him in more of an advanced role. And I don't know, there's an argument there to say that maybe he didn't do his development from a defensive standpoint much good because, let's be honest, there's not a lot of people that any defending on that side. Um... And then there's the, you know, the, he's given the captaincy when Gerard leaves and, and that doesn't really, that, that should be a huge honour for a player, but all it seemed to be was a bit of a weight around his neck because of the unnecessary comparisons that people were making. And, you know, for him to get to this point, that says a lot about, that says a lot about his character more than anything else. 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's pretty clear by now that he's um, he's not a quitter. <laughs> I would say um, he's he, you know he, he very much believes in in himself and very much believes in uh, in, in in improvement and uh, just keeping going, work, work, perseverance, and it's got him where he is. And you know, you talk about captains and. Is it? Is it? Does it make a difference because you know he's lifted trophies and stuff? Well, I suppose it kind of does, because you know you can you can be an all action captain in inverted commas, uh, you know, stand out. You, you can be you can be the, the Steven Gerrard type that, that if you're lucky enough to be that good, you know. But there are plenty who aren't, and, and just try to emulate that by just playing leading by example on the pitch in that way, you know, letting your game do the talk and that kind of thing. I think and also, Chief, that, that buys you respect from players simply because you are so good. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, it, and it's one way of being a captain. It's the Roy of the Rovers captain thing. Do you know what I mean? And Gerard was compared to said Roy of the Rovers many, 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 many countless times. It's a cliche now. You know what I mean? So, you know, that that's one way of doing it and there's the other the, the other another kind of way which you see quite often as well with the very vocal captain you know the, the very shouty captain in your face the organizer and you know Henderson was often maligned for 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 not being either and it's probably worked out better because he's got he's got a he's easy what's been said already is that he's been able to improve he's been able to up his game he's stepped up again this season but he hasn't just stepped up this season I think he's stepped up at various points throughout his Liverpool career you mentioned when he got signed by Kenny and Kenny doesn't know what to do with him he thinks he's a right midfielder so he plays him at right midfield basically plays him as a right winger for 40 games I think he starts that season 37 games something like that uh, maybe more in all comps because I think he was um, in fact I know he played more minutes in that season under Doug Lee than, than any other player. And by the end of that season, we're all a little bit kind of yeah, annoyed, fed up, shall we say, with him because he's you know, he's just he's flogging a dead horse out there, Kenny. He's he's playing a, a guy who's not a right winger. He's trying to get him to run up and down the wing and, and put crosses in. And it's not working out for, for Doug Lee, it's not working out for Henderson, it's not working out for us as fans. And we think, oh, that's 16 million or, yeah, 16 million quid it was back then, which, you know, adjusted inflationary would be probably 50 or 60 now at least. So it was big money at the time. Not as much as we spent on Stuart Downing, by the way. <laughs> but anyway, um, who came the same summer. But Unfortunately, he's still not there. No, and he never, w- he never was and he never will be. Um he never had the mentality, and, and there's there's perhaps a good comparison. Two lads from from the northeast who come down, both signed the same season, and one probably at the time was was more of a shining light down him, probably more of a more of a name. He was certainly older, more established. He was in the England setup, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Jordan Henderson was very much a young younger player. He, he'd done really well for Sunderland, and I believe he'd already captained them. Uh, and you know he's certainly making a name for himself, but um, yeah, it was it was very much seen as a bit of a bit of a bull from the blue, more of a bull from the blue. I was called for Jordan Henderson than perhaps Stuart Downing at that time. And you look at the, the difference in mentality. I mean, you think at one point 
Brendan Rodgers, one thing we missed out on our on, on our wee chronology of Henderson's Liverpool career there. Brendan Rodgers was willing to sell him to Fulham for four million and Clint Dempsey or something. Remember? Clint Clint I do remember Clint, Clint Dempsey. Dempsey. And Dempsey. he gave I, I heard this, I don't know whether you listened to this. Um Carger did uh, a podcast with, with Henderson and it was it was brilliant. He came across really, really well, but what he was saying was Roger sat him down and he said, Look. I'm giving you the option, but I'm not gonna, you know, you're you're not in my plans, you're not in my fifteen or whatever, but I'm not gonna force you out the door. And Henderson that's really says, not an option, Dave. That's goodbye. Well, apparently it was an option, and he said, "Look, I'm gonna stay." He's gonna stay. I know. He said he was gonna stay, but but you're right, Dave Karen. It's not really an option. It it is kind of an option, but it's like saying, "Well, fuck you, mate." But. Um, but he stayed, and I remember that season. He didn't play until after Christmas. He was left out of the team for months, and he obviously worked his way back in, worked his way back into Rogers' plans. And whether it was through just performances and training, or the change and, and the attitude that changed the manager's mind, or whether it was also a few injuries involved and stuff, I can't quite remember. But certainly, he came back in, and, and since then, he's you know the rest is history. And whether people, whether people. Respected or like it or not, you can't turn around now and say Jordan Henderson is not qualified or not a good or has not been a good Liverpool captain. He's just lifted. He's lifted three trophies. He's he's captain the side that's um, that's finished second by by one point. He's got ninety seven points. It's ten points clear at the moment in the Premier League. He's captain the side that's that's European champions. You know, and. He captains a team of captains as well. It's 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 oft said that we've got you know leaders all over the pitch in inverted commas. Well, Jordan Henderson is the leader of the leaders, and you know they're quite happy to look up to him and, and respect him and, and have that. And yeah, I think you're right. Um, there are it depends how you define greatness, and, and you shouldn't really compare one captain to another. And that's not really what we're doing. But what you can say is that he's going to go on to be known as a great Liverpool captain. Yeah, I think... Uh, I think he should be, you know. I think he should be. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree with that 100%. Um, and ultimately, he, Johnny Johnny's right when he says that um, he's being picked every week. He's being picked every week by who... I think there's it, not much dispute now, the, the, best, the best manager in the world. And he's been asked to captain the best side now in the world, statistically, literally, and probably on standard performance over the last 12 months. So, you know, there's, there's, I don't think there's a great deal more to be said on that. Um, and you're right, Chief, rather than, rather than making comparisons, I think we need to just look at, look at Jordan Henderson and, and just all agree that he's decided he's not going to be He's earned his place, Dave, is what you're looking for. He has earned his place in the folklore now. There's no two ways about it. As much as that, I would have refused to believe that maybe a couple of seasons ago. I'm quite comfortable with it now, and that's the difference. Yeah, well, I think he's grown into himself. You know, he's decided he's, he's not going to try and emulate one thing or another. He's, he's just, he's become more comfortable in himself. I think he's, I think, to be honest, I think the fact that we have won the European Cup and gone on. I I think that's done him more good than most. Um, I think that's you know vindicated um, what 
the manager was saying about him. It's validated it in his own mind. And, you know, hopefully... It was a massive... It was a massive monkey off his back, that, wasn't it? Left from the European... A hundred percent. It's another one of those things of, of kind of club leading by example and, and then having examples to back things up. Because I, mean, I think that the whole club factor is, is massively important in Jordan Henderson's career as well. And that's why it's it's, it's turned from, from being a from being a captain who a lot of people had questions about to now a captain who everybody has to rightly say has, has earned his place, as Dave says, amongst the folklore who's, who's become a champion and, and so on. And where's Klopp obviously been there telling them, you know, how good you are and whatever. Getting to the point where you can lift that trophy and 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 say, well, yeah, actually I am. You know, that that's massive. And the whole team's kicked on again after winning. The, you know, getting to the final was, was huge the year before. That showed them that they could do it. And the manner in which they got there, that showed them, OK, we, we are real. We can do this. We can None go. of the lost as well, Neil. You know, that was... That was yeah, yeah, and then... Exactly, exactly. But then to have the belief to go and do that again and then to do it, just kick them up another gear. And then you, you see that now this season where we're at the moment just laying waste to all who come close, who come in our path. I'll, I'll tell you... Just one thing on Henderson, my, my, my final word on it. There was a stage, and you pointed it out, Chief, um, where Flamengo got a hold of the game maybe after about 15, 20 minutes, and that they were overrunning us in midfield. But it was Jordan Henderson who organised it all. It was Jordan Henderson who communicated it all. It was Jordan Henderson who was fucking, as I've been alluded to, who put the extra yards in to stop that. And I think that that very much in that particular game, because that's what we're talking about, is very much to his credit. And it really shows what he's all about. Yeah, that's absolutely right, Dave. And, you know, Johnny, I, I mentioned earlier on that there's there's this... Fans have this tendency to boil down their opinions on players to basically, you know, what they see on the football pitch. But, you know, this this team has shown... And mentality, the word mentality is thrown out thrown out so much and bottle or whatever fucking phrase you want to use but this team has gone beyond showing mentality these guys are they are more defined than any football team I've ever seen they just refuse to be beaten and that comes from I believe character in the in the changing room and on the training pitch and standards that are set and expectations that are set and, you know, James Milner, some people may think bizarrely, has been given another two-year contract. But that just goes to emphasise where I think, and I don't know whether you agree with me, Klopp's priorities lie. That it doesn't matter if you're the best footballer in the world. Um, your attitude um, and your dedication and your commitment actually mean more to me than how talented you are. Yeah. One hundred percent. I mean, it's been a hallmark of everything Klopp's turned around at the club. He's bought brilliant footballers. You know, Firmino, Mane, Salah. You know, these they're brilliant. They're brilliant footballers. But the one thing that you probably think about when you when you think about the the team that he's built is there's leadership and there's just characters there and that comes from doing the right things day in, day out, having, you know, every interview you hear those players talk about, it's just, you know, on to the next one, on to the next one. They're just, 
constantly preparing, getting ready for the next game. Once that's taken care of, it's on to the next one. And there's no doubt what Klopp puts above all things is that attitude and that work ethic. And yeah, you're that's exactly it with Milner. Milner obviously has had a long career. He doesn't drink. He sets a good example. He, he shows up for the pre-seasons at Melwood and, you know, he's always... He's already developed a, a, a personality from nowhere as well, John. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Whatever happened exactly. to Boris Milner, he's but, gone. But Dave... But Dave, doesn't that go to emphasise this point about how fans view footballers? They view them through this, this, um, it's like a a peephole, nearly. It sounds dead seedy, but you know what I mean. Like, uh, like in the in your front door, prism, the prism, this tiny little dot, and they see a fraction of of what the reality is. And again, this goes to show that we have absolutely no idea what what value a player holds to a manager. Yeah, that, that you know what, Dave, that that's that's it. And that's and the one thing as well that I I mean I watched the the Van Dyke interview there, the, the Anfield wrapped on a on a good wee interview with Van Dyke. And a you know he talked about it as well when they were asking about this team and the way they manage games and you know he talked about them being smart as well. And that's something as well. When you when you have intelligent, mature footballers that breeds that but van dyke was basically making the point you know we know as a team when to slow it down we know as a team when to speed a game up we know as a team when a game's probably won and we've got to just manage it through the last 20 30 minutes conserve energy and things like that and these you know you don't go on runs like this you know we've said it loads of times on these pods like but what have we gone 55 50 whatever it is, games now in the league with one defeat. You, you can't be full throttle, heavy metal, brilliant football, 55 games. It's just not physically possible. That, and that's just league games alone. You know, you've got it. You get you do it through managing games and finding your peaks at the right time in the big games when it matters. And you're absolutely right. It's, it's Klopp puts so much stock in building first of all that camaraderie that team spirit but that leadership as well you know van dyke talked about that where he said you know and dave you've said it many times you know that we've got captains all over the pitch you know there's leaders all over the pitch and that is it and then milner you know there's no doubt clap sees him as he's obviously in that inner circle he's one of the senior pros there was a bit where i was listening to an interview with milner when he was talking about his book and he said you know Klopp very much encouraged the likes of him, Van Dyke, and Lalana, which you I know you might think funny. That's funny. You wouldn't think of Lalana that way, but Lalana, obviously, Klopp would, would have seen Lalana in that mold as well. As these are players that are trusted to almost they would have meetings with the players sometimes, you know, without Klopp there. Klopp would leave them to it as a group of players to say, well, sort it out yourselves if there's something that they think's not right or they want to talk. He empowers them to do that. And that's, you know, Milner probably is the embodiment of that in the way he is and everything he does. And yeah, does teach you that, you know, some the, the conventional way to look at football is, you know, you're always looking to get the scouts to get that next brilliant, super talented footballer. But probably the greatest success of FSG and their time at Liverpool with their scouting is it's not just about the talent and the numbers. It's about their personality off the pitch and their personality around a football club 
And Liverpool getting that right time after time has built this monster, what we have now. Um, and it's everything that you, you, know, you want as a supporter to see. Uh, and Milner is that. So fair play to him. And I'm John, sure... Would you say there's a difference there? You know, we've talked about, I think it's been mentioned in this pod, you know, you think Klopp's better than Guardiola at the minute. You know, Guardiola seems to drive his teams, you know, some say drive them into the ground. Klopp seems to go go about it a completely different, and just what you're you're, you're citing there with, you know, meetings with Olana and everything, it seems to be very much more a democracy, whereas Pep rules with an iron fist. Now, don't get me wrong. You know, we saw a little bit of the spiky side of Jurgen Klopp with the German um, translator, which he he later well, apologized. I, but 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 it's there in Klopp. You know what I mean? But it, I don't think it comes out yeah. maybe just as much as maybe the, the methods of Guardiola. No, it's it's a really good point, Dave. Now you think about Sacco as well, who was popular with a lot of supporters, but obviously <laughs> you've seen didn't that set around, mate. <laughs> <laughs> No, that was it. I mean, there was obviously something that Klopp. You know, we were all. We've never been big fans of Dejan Lovren, and we were always thinking Sacco was a much better player than him, but there was obviously something there. Klopp places huge emphasis on collective responsibility and the team and everyone pulling together, and he just seen something there with an attitude or whatever it was, and he just didn't like it. But it is a really interesting one because Guardiola does seem to be... Guardiola likes his footballers to be robots he breeds a way of, of playing um you know the style that all the players have to adhere to he's never had money as any object he could go and buy 50 60 million pound fullbacks he could buy 60 70 million pound players and leave them on the on the bench and it, they all just fit it in whereas yeah liverpool you would say with with city you know in their ba- their best football it's been a very consistent thing they overwhelm the other team. They knock it about. They get overloads wide. And you see that classical city goal where they just pull the ball back and it goes into an open goal. Whereas, you know, if I was to say to you guys, like, what is a classic Liverpool way of playing? What's a classic Liverpool goal under Klopp? That's probably been the the most impressive thing about him. It used to be that counter-attack, in, you know, that, that we've seen when the season Salah got to 34 where it was counter-press. But now we've evolved. You know, we can take a scrappy game now and we can just... We can we we can grind a team down. We can still do I love the kind the, of press the utilization of the long ball as well, John. You know, I know it's going yeah. back, but but fuck, they're making they're making real headway with it. Yeah, and that's and that's like just so pragmatic, isn't it? It's like Liverpool cottoned on to the fact that teams were now not engaging us high up the pitch because they don't want to be killed, but they've they've all and you know they're really stopping the ball going maybe into Fabinho and the six. They're really trying to take Firmino out of the game. So they're closing off passing lanes. So we've got some players with a real range on their passing. You know, like Fabinho can really pass. Henderson, Van Dijk can, can Trent, the two fullbacks, can switch a ball. So Klopp's just said, well, let's just keep it simple. Then well, let's clip some 50, 60-yard balls into the channels and we'll just go for pure speed. And it's, yeah, you know, the, and that's been the thing with Liverpool. I think they've learned and they've grown as a team and the players, you can see them growing. Whereas with City, I know the point you're making, Dave. It's like with City, it's like this relentless focus on a way of playing. And Guardiola, you know, people say he has a shelf life where players, he's so intense, he wears them into the ground. But with Liverpool, 
I think we're just starting to see this team really having its stride now. Which and is, we look happy. Just, you know, our players always look happy, John. The, the City players never look that happy. Yeah. <laughs> they really don't. They look happy, they look happy enough but, when they're lifting league titles, though. But, uh, but, but yeah, but, I, I know what you mean. I take, I, I take your point. Uh, absolutely. There's something, you know, the, he's built something really, really special. And... You know, the next couple of years, the sky's the limit for this team. And that's a scary thing to be saying, considering we've just won the, the World Championship and won the European Cup. We're probably, barring a disaster, going to win the league in May. And you look at it at the moment and you think, can't really see it changing over the next few years. And that's probably the biggest compliment you can pay. Clap no, I think we've broke them, John. I, I think we've, we've broke the resolve of Man City. And, you know, they were they swept the boards and they were brilliant. There's no two ways about it. But, but we have raised the bar on them. And, and I don't think they can live with it. Yeah, well, you may be right, Dave. You may be... Sorry. Go ahead. Go, go ahead there, Chief. Go ahead. I was just going to say City, City are interesting. I think you might be right, Dave. But they've had their, their two, two blitzing seasons and they've won the league. And to be honest, I think more than anything... I think it rang, rang a lot of alarm bells with the City players, players and staff alike last season when they did what they did and nobody gave a fuck. And I've said that a couple of times, but really it can't be said enough. They've achieved almost the impossible. They've done everything. They've won the domestic treble. They've posted 198 points in two seasons. They've barely barely lost a game. They've won 18, what was it, 18 in a row to win the league last season from seven points behind or 10, 10 points with a game in hand or something or seven points behind, seven full points behind anyway uh, at Christmas. And 10 people and one dog turned up for their parade. And and no, they got no acclaim for it really. They've, they've had no real kudos. They've got no real media inches, no real nothing. Not even their own fans really cared. So what are they in it for? And at, at, at a certain point, you know, you can you can get the money or most of it elsewhere. You get into football for be to be adored. You get into football to have people singing your name. You get into football, especially at the levels that they that they're playing at. Neil, uh, that, that is completely true. They're superstars and they want more from it. And they've just posted practically superhuman records over the last two seasons, and nobody cares. So I think that's broken their resolve, to be perfectly honest. And I think when we talk about Pep and, and Klopp and the differences in style, I think what we've seen, just to be brief, what we've seen is that Klopp has shown and he's proved to everybody um, that he's adaptable and that he's constantly learning and that he wants to make gains wherever possible. And he's looking to make the slightest gains wherever possible. He, had, he, he was good at Dortmund, don't get me wrong. He was, he was a very, very good coach and he did very, very well there. But the evolution, even from when he started at Liverpool to where he is now, losing Buvac or getting rid of Buvac or whatever, and then bringing in Linders and promoting him and, and different ideas from here and a uh, different fitness coach and updating the, the medical staff and, and get just trying to get the best in every single department, getting the throw-in coach, getting the psychologist in, all that kind of stuff. It's Chief, do you not think as well, though there's something really interesting in that probably for the first time, and I think this is a reason maybe he's extended and he's taken those two extra years, maybe for the first time, 
we're actually going to see what is the full potential of Klopp because even though he built great sides at Dortmund, those sides were always systematically picked apart by Bayern Munich, poaching their best players. Whereas this is the first time he's he's built a team, he's adding to it and he's improving it. It could have been one there where he where he sort of adds to it little little by little over the years as well, you know, incrementally um, in, in terms of, of extending the contract, kind of like Ferguson did. Um, but yeah, you're absolutely right, Johnny. It's, it's totally, he was hamstrung at Dortmund because every time he built a, a great side, he got his best player, not just any player, his best player taken from him usually. Um, it, it, right up until Lewandowski was, was pinched off him and that was somebody that Klopp found in second division Polish side and, and, and turned into the, the best striker in the world at that time. Um, certainly the hottest striker in the world. The hat-trick against Real Madrid springs to mind. Um, and let's but, be honest, yeah. probably saying now, Chief, people would argue that at this and on current form, he is the best, the best out-and-out goal scorer in the world. Well, you might say that, yeah, the the best out now, number nine. He's still still rattling them in. There's there's, and that just goes to show what a player he is, and what a player he was. But you're 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 absolutely right, Johnny. He's, he, for the first time ever, he's in a position where we where where he's managing the big boys. Yeah, you can say City or or have more money, or or people will argue Man United's revenue, blah blah blah. I don't know if it counts if it's all leverage, but anyway. Um, when it comes down to it, we don't. English clubs traditionally, and certainly the very top ones, do not sell to each other. So we're not getting Man City, Man City aren't coming in and, and taking Mo Salah, put it like that. Um, and at the moment, the Spanish sides, the Spanish giants, and in inverted commas, well, why are they so attractive at, at this point? They're they're also in a shambles. So again, 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 you've got a situation where. A, we're kind of at the top of the tree at the minute, and B, where the owners are absolutely willing to back the manager to the hilt, and it's it's a perfect storm. It's every, like everything is right for Klopp, for Liverpool, for the fans, for the players at this moment in time. And as you say, you know, we want it to continue for as long as possible. There is a danger. The danger of not seeing where it ends is is usually yeah before you get that sort of slap in the face, but. Um, but yeah, certainly at the moment, life is really good in all aspects of the club, all areas of the team, off the pitch, on the pitch, the boardroom level, everything is is tickety boo. Yeah, you're you're right, Chief. Um, everything is like literally, literally, what a time to be alive. Um, but look, it's, the next game, and again, the, the games they keep coming; they don't stop. Um, it's Three days away. It's Boxing Night. Um, it's Leicester away, Dave. Leicester have been good. Not so good against the better size, but they've been good. And people say they ran us close at Anfield because we scored with the last minute penalty. But in my eyes, they fucking hardly did a glove on us and we absolutely battered them. Um, and that result flattered them unbelievably. But people are saying it's over. People are saying we're going to win the league. I find it difficult to disagree. How important is this game? I think it's huge. Uh, for me, it's huge because I think if we'll win this one... Could this... Curtains, could the, could the, Yeah, I was going to say to you, people yeah. are saying it's done now, but could, could, this be, could this be the game where we shut the door and turn the key? Absolutely, it is, I think. 
Uh, I really do. Regardless of the fact that, the, you know, Leicester were beaten by City at the weekend. Um, I, I just don't... There, there's something, and I know, I know I go on about Brendan too much, but you know he'll want he'll want a result against us, and that generally will be his undoing, his desire to get that result against us, against Mourinho, against the you know the the, the, the people who bother his head, and, and and that's a good omen. Look, they're they're, they're playing good football at the minute. They've some real tidy players. This it's not an easy game, um, by any stretch, but I think. You know, we're sitting here as fans. Uh, you know, I said to you in the last pod, as far as I'm concerned, I can't see us losing this league from this position. But if we beat Leicester, I think that's that's a huge marker. I think that, that's that's you on Boxing Day. It's, it's the final game of the year, and you're just literally closing the door on them. And, you know, we, we know what they're all about. They don't tend to mix it up. We know what we're going to get from them. You know, they, they've they, I think they held us last season. But I think there's a resolve this time. And, you know, the 97 points have been mentioned twice in this pod. Uh, it's a driving element. And I think that's where we lost two points last season. And we have tried pretty much, apart from the United game, to rectify all those mistakes that we made last season. And I think this is the driving force. And and this is another one I think that we rectify. Don't get me wrong. It's, it's probably going to be a horrible game. It's going to be probably horrible to watch. But we're not losing it. But I'd like to think we're picking up the three points from it. We need the three points from it, and and, and it's game over. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of thinking, I'm kind of thinking, Chief, that this this is a big one, and I, I've been thinking that way for a while. Um, it, Leicester are one of those games, and I think it's getting to the point now where City supporters, city players, city management, city hierarchy will be looking at particular games where they feel we may drop points in. And a defeat might not damage us too much, but it could possibly galvanise them. And if you consider that we have dropped since the beginning of last season four points against teams outside the top six, you know, that is highly unlikely to happen. If we're going to do the Maz, and we all know how important Maz is these days. But Leicester are one of those teams, and away at uh, not Filbert Street, what are they called now? The 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 King, King Park. Park. Aye, that one. Um, this is a game that, that City will have their eye on, and particularly as we play after them. That always adds adds a little bit. You know, the fact that we're playing after them, and, well, the fact that they're playing first, I should say, means that they can close the gap. And the fact that we've been away means that the gap is um, falsely small at the moment, anyway, because they have a game and we we have a game in hand on them. Um, so it's it's at eleven points when it, when really it, it should be fourteen, and fourteen's much bigger than eleven, and eleven's much bigger than eight. So at eight points behind, which they could be when we kick off, they're going to be looking at that, hoping, 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 hoping that we drop something. Um, you know, you're absolutely right. They are going to be trying to single out games where they think we may drop points. But the record for them is that we've played the other 19 teams in the Premier League this season, barring West Ham. And um, we've beaten them. Well, we've only withdrawn the United. But I think we've uh, we've beaten the, beaten the rest. That's right. We haven't played West Ham, have we? Or did we play them earlier? Was that going to be the second? No, that's, no we haven't played West Ham, but we'll have them. Well, I haven't played Wolves either, which is the one that's 
and irritating me that we still play them twice. Well, that's fair enough, but we do we play Wolves at home. In fact, on the match after Leicester, isn't it? I'm pretty sure. I think pretty it sure. is. Yeah, I think so. Wolves at home on uh, is it the second uh, or the first? Anyway, coming up soon. So um, with with them being in Anfield, with our Anfield record, you would fancy us to certainly win that. Um, and the essentially what I'm saying is. They don't have many hopes. They're looking at that going. There are not many games where where there's a chance that they'll drop points. So they're going to be all in, hoping that Leicester can do something. Now, I I think you're right with what you said earlier. I think we did batter them at Anfield, and um, the scoreline flattered them. And the fact that we needed a last minute winner, you know, flattered them again. And the fact that there was any debate about the winner flattered them even more whenever it was clearly a stone wall. Um, so anyway, they're gonna they're gonna want a result. I think as Dave pointed out, you know, Rogers will would love a result. In in the words of Kevin Keegan, he will love it. Um to to, to get a result against against Liverpool. Um, you know, it would be very much something that he would a personal victory, should we say. Um, I don't think they 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 have it. I think they are good at home, but I think the onus will be on them a little more at home. Um, I think they'll have to do a little bit more with it. I think they'll leave themselves open. I think we're we're better than them. We've, we've just been crowned world champions. Hopefully, there is no kind of hangover in terms of jet lag or or um, tiredness uh, left over. But um, it, it's you know it's a decent break. Uh, when is it Thursday? So it's Saturday, Thursday. It's five days, um, and obviously they're well looked after. So hopefully they're not too tired to come back with a spring in their step and, and we go and do the business. But I think everything that's been said is correct. I would agree with it. If we win this, then you've got to say Liverpool cannot throw away the title from from that position, um, or, or certainly Leicester are out of the conversation uh, at thirteen points behind, and Liverpool with a game in hand. So I think that that ends ends it for them. Uh, City are going to be looking at this, and if we put three points on the board and it goes back to eleven, it's just a little bit more demoralising because it's another game gone potentially where we could have dropped points where we haven't, and then as we said, the list gets ever smaller for them. So it's a little bit like it, the shoes on the other foot. Uh, you know, last season in the run in, we were all sitting there hoping against hope that Leicester would do would would do us a favour against City and. To be honest, they had the chances and and they ended up fluffing their way to a 1-0 defeat and Vincent Company smashes one in and, you know, since they only won the league by one point, you could say that that was the game that won them the league. Um, let's hope that we do the same against Leicester at the weekend or again, on Boxing Day. I'm sure we will. Um, it's always nice to get one over Rodgers and, yeah, I would not bet uh, on anyone to stop this uh, these these Reds at the moment. No, I have to agree, Johnny. Here's a here's a mad question, right? Um, Go on, Dave. Give me right, another one. Right, just just right. So bear with me here. Leicester, if Leicester beat City, they're thinking we're still in the title race. However, they don't, and they're beginning to look a little bit Arsenal in the last four or five years of anger, where they go and they beat all the shit. And then they absolutely fluff it against the big sides. And does Rodgers maybe say to himself, 
we've a lot of matches coming up, and not to mention the much maligned and I think ridiculous two-legged League Cup semi-final against who is it? Villa, isn't it? It's the Derby. It's against Villa. Against Villa, and they're looking at that, and he's thinking, "I have games here, and games coming up that are much more winnable than this, and that are much." Uh, much more important in regards to silverware and I feel if I win the games that I'm expected to win and the games that I've won all season I can get top four and I can maybe win the trophy I can maybe win the League Cup Vardy is 32 whatever he is going to have to start missing games does he maybe use this game against Liverpool as an opportunity like we've been saying that this team might get to the point where people just start to write it off because it's just too hard. It's just too hard. And maybe rest a few players? Absolutely no chance in hell um, for me. <laughs> and, the, and the reason for that I is... I agree. Like, and let's, let's cut to the chase here. And Dave mentioned a pre-pod, Mr. Karn there in Brazil, um, because this is... The, this is Brennan Rogers, and Brennan Rogers doesn't want to. He said he was at Celtic for, you know, this is the job for me and a dream job. He left them in the middle of a treble <laughs> bid, a historic treble, treble bid. He just left them and went to Leicester because of the setup of the club and the players. Make no bones about it. Brendan Rogers doesn't want to be at Leicester in three years from now. It, despite what the sound bites and what he's saying, Brendan Rodgers sees himself as Liverpool, Man United, Arsenal. You know, he he sees himself as that. But does he think? Does he think a top did, four place and a trophy at Leicester is what is more likely to get him there than a field title bid? Uh, he might do, Dave. But here's the thing: we're we're Liverpool. We've we're the European champions. We've just won the World Club Cup, and we're unbeaten. We've only lost one game in 55. And we sacked them, George. And we sacked them. And Rodgers would absolutely love to be the first team, his team to be the team that beats us in the league this season. He will, there's not a chance in hell. Rodgers will be going into this full full throttle. They'll be looking to, 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 to go through this. And, you know, the thing with Vardy and that, yeah, maybe there's an argument, but let's let's be honest, they're not playing in Europe. They're going to have a two-week break coming up soon. Yeah, they're involved in the League Cup. That's probably a couple of midweek games that they haven't been used to being playing. You know, we've been slogging it out along with City and Chelsea in the Champions League. Not, not a chance. He will really, really want this. They will have a full team out. I'm expecting their stadium to be raucous. Um, I personally, where I view this game is, yeah, it's it's a very important game. But for me... I don't think it's any important than other ones. I know people are going, it's massive. We can really put the nail in the coffin. I think the nails are nearly in the coffin anyway. I was just looking there and thinking, well, what what if City win, which they probably will do. City win, and we go into this game eight points ahead of them with two games in hand. How crazy is that? Eight points ahead with two games in hand. We'll go... You know, we'll go eleven ahead with one game in hand if we if we win here. And yeah, I know people still have that little niggle about City and because they came back last year. But I think we all agree they're not the animal they were last season. We're a different animal. Um, I think what I would what would be lovely about this game is to really 
put down that marker as if, you know, over the last few weeks, we've been closing and closing and the door's nearly slammed shut. In fact, a lot of people would say the door is shut now. We just need to probably lock it. Um, and, and from the point of view of a statement, I would just like us to go out and play our football. I think we'll go out in this game on a high. You know, we've, we've, we've just won that. That should give the players a big boost. They'll have had a good rest. And I just hope we go out and really play at the level we can. And I think we'll be up for it. I think we'll be up for it because I think the players are conscious that we're now coming into this phase over the next six, eight weeks where if you look at our fixtures, if we've got a good, healthy lead going into February, it's very, very hard to see anyone coming back. If you look at them, those fixtures throughout February and March, um, but we will be playing a full strength, Lester, Dave. And I agree with 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 what Mr. Karen says, I think Rogers will be really determined to try and beat us. I don't think he'll set them up to contain. I think they'll have a go and that might well play into our hands. I hope it does, but uh, be good. It, it would be a big one to win, but they're all big games now. We just need three points. We just need to keep winning and get it done. But like Brexit with Johnson. <laughs> a prick. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So listen, before we go then, Johnny, we're gonna. We're just gonna assume, for the sake of time, that it's it's the back five and the front three. Let's play the midfield game. Who's your midfield three? Given injuries, I think. I think when Alden will be back, I think Henderson will play, and I think Kira will play. I think it'll be when Alden, Henderson, Kira, which I'm happy happy enough with. No problems with that at all. Okay. Dave, I'm with Johnny. I th- well, t- to be honest with you, th- th- you know, what's your other option, Milner? Really? Because with the oxide, like we're 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 getting we've got problems in defence, but we're getting a bit threadbare midfield as well, just at this stage. So th- that's that's the three. It has to be that three. Okay, Chief. Yeah, I mean, I'd probably agree. Unless uh, see, sorry, see, just before you answer, just bear in mind we rarely get this right. But go on. Yeah, we're not we're not in the business of getting things right on this podcast. No, <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, unless he throws in a Lalana or something there, um, just as a, just as a, yeah, why not? Because he started him before he started him in the derby, didn't he? Um, but I would go with that with that three, barring any tiredness or or kind of sports science um, stuff which says they shouldn't be starting or whatever, then I would be starting probably with that three. I think in the absence of Fabinho, it's probably our strongest three, in fact, actually. Um, Henderson and Jeannie, we know we know all about. And Kaida's really looks, touch wood, looks like he's, he's staying fit and, and in form at the moment. I really I mentioned this in the last Very few I'd, miles in the legs as well, Neil, which is great for us. And that's great. And you just want him now to start picking up those miles over the next, over the next six, well, four months or five months, whatever it is, until May to, uh, to, to the end of the season. So yeah, I think uh, Henderson, Jimmy, and Kyder. Okay, so a little, I'm going to go with this, and, and I've only just thought of this based on the fact that is that the reason that Naby Kyder played the right hand side of the midfield three against? Flamengo because he's going to be doing the same against Leicester with Wijnaldum on the left of Henderson. Ox wasn't injured then, Dave. That's true, but maybe he didn't have it in his mind to play him. I don't think maybe. Chamberlain would have been starting against Leicester. That's what I mean. Maybe he didn't have it in his mind to play him. Maybe he says, "Now, nah, but you're going to play right here and um, Genie will be playing left of Henderson. 
So there's a game. Go and get used to it. Don't know. Let's find out. So, guys, thanks for joining me. No worries. No, in, no, in a, in a no predictions, Dave. I'm, no predictions. I'm just going to go with the classic. It's, it only can be one score, two one Liverpool. Two one. Yep. Yeah, we all are all agreeing. It's, we're all agreeing. Two one Liverpool. Yep. Yep. Let's go two one, and anything else is is a benefit. But regardless of two one, another three points would be absolutely fantastic. And until after Boxing Day sometime, if we have any kind of motivation to get off of our turkey-filled and wine-soaked bodies, then up the fucking world champions, 10 points clear at Christmas, top of the leagues, European champions, when every fucking thing going reds. Happy Christmas. Uh, happy Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Just sorry to, sorry to burst your bubble, dude. <laughs> it's fine. Happy Christmas. <laughs>